Hey, this is Jim, pastor of Decided Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope the sermon you're about to hear just blesses your heart and really encourages you. If you don't mind, subscribe. That way you'll get instant notifications every time a sermon is uploaded. And by all means, if you're feeling led to give, click on the giving link and there'll be more directions to follow. God bless. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Decided Church. I think I pulled my back out during that song. I got the Holy Spirit twist and I kind of did something. I tweaked, but we're still here. I'm glad that you're here. If you got all worked up and riled up during that song, amen, because I want you to believe, church, and everybody else watching, that he is, he is for you. Those aren't just words that we sing. That's just not some kind of positive reinforcement, positive thinking games that we're playing. We're not trying to manipulate your emotions. God is actually, truly, biblically for you. And he actually does want to pour out blessings upon you and your family and your children and their children. It's actually scripture. So I want you to believe that this morning, that God is for you and he is with you. That encouraged my heart. I love that song so much. I know you do too. Welcome to Decided Church. Welcome to Revealer. This is a brand new sermon series, verse by verse through the book of Colossians. And we're going to dive further into chapter one this morning. We're going to take verses nine through 14, and we're going to talk about new shoes. I don't know if you've gotten some new shoes. I've heard some stories that a lot of us are sitting around shopping on Amazon because we can't really go out and buy anything else. So we're scrolling on Amazon, searching for things that we can buy. And I bet you a few of y'all watching have purchased some new shoes recently. Um, We're going to talk about new shoes. What Paul has to say to his church what the Holy Spirit has to say to us this morning is all about new shoes. And I want to I show you that from Scripture this morning. I want to talk about my running shoes. Um, a few years ago, I'm a, I like to run. I'm a runner. Uh, a few years ago, I actually made the investment. It's an investment, make no mistake. It's not cheap. But I made the investment to go to Fleet Feet. It's over there on Lake Murray Boulevard. They're our sponsor this morning for this segment, for this preaching segment. Uh, Now they are. Um, I hope they're Christians, because if not, they're about to be, because they're going to be the sermon sponsor. Uh, But I went to Fleet Feet on Lake Murray Boulevard a few years ago, probably three years ago. And I would, because I love running so much, I wanted to get the proper shoe. I wanted to get measured. I wanted them to analyze my, my running stride, my gait. Is, is the actual real word for it. Um, so they had me try on all kinds of shoes. They watched me run back and forth behind the building. This was years ago. And they convinced me that I needed these dad shoes in my life. I don't know if the camera can see these, but yeah, these are New Balance. These are New Balance. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, there's no way I'm walking out of this bougie shoe store with grandpa shoes to go running. But they said, Jim, the same shoe is not for everybody. We're looking at your run. We're looking at your, sh- your foot size and all that stuff, all these things. And these shoes are the best. This is going to give you a new run, a new walk, a new rhythm. Like you're going to have all kinds of things revealed to you through these shoes. You're going to feel better when you're done running. Your feet aren't going to ache. And so I walked out of the store that day with new balance. New balance. But I think that there's something spiritual in there. I think this morning, what we can learn is what I learned a few years ago. 
that when we analyze a new rhythm was revealed to me in these new shoes and it was reflected in my new running stride. Let me say that again. And I want you to see if you can pick out the spiritual implications there. A new rhythm was revealed to me in these new shoes and reflected to me in my new stride. What are we talking about this morning? We're talking about new shoes. We're talking about in the life of every believer, what's revealed to us in Christ should be reflected in our lives. Let me say it this way. My prayer today is that we learn how to reflect in our walk what's revealed in his word. We're going to learn today how to reflect in our walk what's revealed in his word. Let's just take it to scripture, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14 together. Just five verses this morning, but so rich, so full. Actually, it's overflowing. I was actually struggling until 1 a.m. last night because there are so many different ways to preach this passage, so many different ways. But I had to settle on one, so I settled with the new shoes. So, Verse number nine, and so this is Paul speaking. This is a continuation. This is part two of his prayer, just like Will explained last week. Part two of Paul's prayer over the church of Colossae. And he says, and so from the day we heard, heard what? Well, verse eight, that, that Epaphras has made known to us your love in the spirit. This church was a very loving church. So Paul continues that thought in verse nine. He's like, so from the day I heard about your love, I have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy. That's our main thought today, to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. There's our word of the year. Giving thanks, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into his kingdom of his beloved son. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Like my trusty pair of new balance shoes revealed a new walk and a new rhythm for my running, Colossians this morning reveals aspects of Jesus that should be reflected in our lives. Specifically in this passage, the theme is all about this, this new balance, these new shoes, how to walk worthy of him. In our passage today, Christ, the revealer, hence our sermon series title, reveals himself in four ways that teach us more about our new walk in a message entitled, New Shoes. My prayer today is that, once again, that we learn how to reflect in our walk what he reveals in his word. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to make much of you today. I want to make you famous. Like we say that this church's mission statement is, to make Jesus famous. We want to put you on full display. That's, what, that's, what, that's exactly what this passage does today, Lord. It's, it lifts you up. It magnifies you as, as the revealer of all mysteries, of all wisdom, of all strength. Jesus, we make much of you. 
this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to give you four rhythms this morning, four rhythms that Christ reveals in this passage. Number one, found in verse 9 and 10 is, your love needs learning. Your love needs learning. That's point number one if you're taking notes. What, what we have in verse 9 and 10 is Christ revealing himself as the wisdom to our love. Let me explain that by reading the verse again. And so from the day we heard, heard what? About your love. We have not ceased to pray for you. Now, why would love need prayer? Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk worthy in the manner of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing in every good work. We're going to get to that later. Their love was evident. It preceded them. Paul actually heard about these Colossian brothers and sisters. He heard about their love before he heard about anything else. Actually, most scholars believe that Paul never even met the church at Colossae. He heard of them through Epaphroditus. He heard of them through other um, missionary fellow workers, but he actually never met them but he heard of their love. Their love preceded them. And Paul says, I immediately went to prayer because your love is a wonderful thing, but it needs learning. For every believer this morning, it's a wonderful quality. It's an essential quality like Will talked about last week, essential people. All of us are essential. Your love is essential, but there's also a balance to your love. And that's what Paul was emphasizing here, that Christ is revealed as the wisdom to our love. And I've preached this before in other sermons, but Paul fervently prayed that their love would be grounded in knowledge, that their love would be balanced by wisdom and understanding. Here's the thing. Like Will said, we don't know the heresy. We don't know the doctrines necessarily that had infiltrated this church, but there were some false teachings. And Paul says this, no matter the problem, we should focus on the solution. And this is the solution. A better understanding of Jesus reveals anything that is not of him. I don't, I don't think it's a mistake that we don't know what the heresy was, what the false teaching was, because Paul says this, it doesn't matter. If you learn Jesus, if you gain better knowledge and wisdom from the revealer, you're going to be able to pick out and identify anything that is not of him. It's just like you do counterfeit money. When you learn and see a counterfeit bill, it's only because you are so accustomed to the real thing. And Paul's saying, your love is awesome, but you need to know Jesus. You need to understand and dive into the wisdom that he has to reveal to you because this is what will happen in your life. Discernment always balances out love. Both are 100% necessary. Spurgeon said this, Paul knew that spiritual ignorance is the constant source of error, instability, and sorrow. Let me say that again. Spiritual ignorance is the constant source of error, instability, and sorrow. Here's what it is. All discernment, if we're all wisdom, if we're all knowledge, and that's what fills our minds, then we have a tendency to become judgmental. But if we're all love and we're all grace and we're no wisdom, no discernment, that leads to moral and ethical compromise. The spiritual walk, this new rhythm, this new balance is both love and learning. 
This new rhythm here is that your love needs learning. It, your love is awesome. That helps you to be gracious and extend mercy. But you also need wisdom, understanding, and knowledge so that you don't fall into moral or ethical compromise. If we're all, if the church is all 100%, nothing else but love, grace, and mercy, then we're going to make some compromises that we shouldn't make. If we're all discernment, wisdom, and knowledge, then we're going to be judgmental. We're going to be, have a condemnation mindset. It takes both. This new rhythm, this new balance is that your love needs learning. As Christ reveals to you his knowledge and wisdom that will enable you to walk worthy. So here we come to verse number 10. So as to walk worthy in a manner worthy of the Lord. This new balance, this new stride is simply walking in his footsteps. It's not a new walk. It's a new rhythm to us. These are new shoes we're filling to us, but these are the footsteps that Jesus has already walked. He's, he's literally revealing his footsteps in our path, and we walk in his footsteps. That's how we walk in a manner worthy. The language literally means to walk in his footsteps, to walk in the path that's already laid out. So once again, how do we walk worthy? There's three things in this passage really quickly, and this is, this is a whole separate sermon that we'll have to study later. This is, this is the other way that I was thinking about preaching this sermon. How do we walk worthy? Grow fruit, gain strength, give thanks. It's literally laid out word for word in the following verses. Walk in a manner worthy. We bear fruit, we grow fruit, we gain strength, and we give thanks. That's the passage. We're gonna, y'all can study that. Y'all can write it down. Learn it on your own time. That's how we walk worthy. But the rhythm, the, the bigger picture that we're focusing on this morning is four rhythms that Christ reveals in himself. Number one, your love needs learning. 100% necessary to have love in our Christian walk, to extend grace. Also, 100% necessary that like Paul says, that love is balanced out by being filled with the knowledge of his will in spiritual wisdom, in understanding. Our roots have to grow deeper, and we're going to get to that in chapter 2, so we're not going to dwell on that any longer. Number 2, verse 11, explains this point, and that is this. Your performance needs power. Number 1, your love needs learning. This is a new rhythm. These are new shoes that we've been given. These, these are things that are revealed to us. In our brand new Christian walk, as Christ reveals them to us, he says, your love needs learning. Number two, your performance. The scripture has analyzed it. It's analyzed our gait. It's analyzed our running stride. And he's saying, listen, your performance needs power. And you've been running this race. You've been living your life on your own strength. And it's time for a change. It's time for a new rhythm. How is Christ revealed here? Christ is revealed as the source of our strength. Christ is revealed as the source of our strength. See, it's not that we have to be strong, but that he provides our strength. It is his strength and our weakness. I'll read quickly. It's not up on the screens, but I'll read quickly. 2 Corinthians, in chapter 12, it says this. Paul says this to another church along the same lines. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10. 
For the sake of Christ, then I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Catch this. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's something so refreshing. There's something so calming that happens in our lives when we are able to stop relying on ourselves and we're able to lean back on somebody bigger than us. If you're a believer here this morning and you're understanding the things that Christ is revealing to you in your walk as a Christian, one of the things that one of these new rhythms is that your performance needs power. And I want to encourage somebody out there and saying, you can stop. You can rest. The Bible says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Why is that? It's because he's doing all the lifting. He's doing all the carrying. He's the source of our strength. He's the power. We can lean into his strength. And anything less than 100% trust, we're going to be off kilter. That's not a rhythm. That's not a balance. When we're leaning into our own strength, when we're leaning heavily into our own power and our own words, our own ideas, our own actions, our own thoughts, we're not adopting this new walk. Our performance needs power. And catch this. I love how Colossians says it in verse 11. May you be strengthened with all power according to what kind of might? We're talking about glorious might. We're talking about endurance. We're talking about patience with joy. See, this is, this is a strength. This is a power that's so much better than what we can drum up in and of ourselves. This is a power this morning that teaches us endurance. This is a power this morning that enables us to run with patience and coupled with our patience is joy. How many of us need that this morning? Man, it's, it's, been, it's been something. This quarantine has drawn out, drawn out a lot of stuff, a lot of insecurities, a lot of problems. This kind of put the magnifying glass on our relationships. It's kind of, you know, that verse in, in Proverbs that talks about the dross being kind of heated. We're, on, we're, under, we're under heat in this quarantine. And all the filth, all the dross, all the imperfection, I feel like it, in my life anyway, is kind of rising to the top. And God is making me deal with that. He's making me deal with the dross, the imperfections in my silver. He's refining me. And he's saying, listen, only in my strength are you going to be able to endure this trial. Only in my strength are you going to be able to run with patience and furthermore, run with joy. How many of us are enduring this quarantine with joy? That joy is only available when you tap into the power that Christ has available, the strength that he has available. He's saying, listen, you want a new rhythm? You want to walk in a manner worthy of me? Listen to what I'm revealing. I'm revealing that your love needs learning. I'm revealing to you that your performance needs power, and that power is drawn from me. Number three, this is my favorite one. I got to be honest. Number three, your resume, it needs references. God is looking at our application. The world is looking at our application saying, ah, there's something lacking here. You know, I don't really know if you're qualified for this new walk, this new rhythm, these new shoes. I think they're a little too big for you to fill. Because see, I know your past. I know where you've come from. 
Have you ever had somebody when you've made that conversion to Christ and you're trying to walk according to his will? Have you ever had people, maybe family or friends from your past say, I know the real Jim. Don't let him fool you. I know the real guy. And it's almost like we're craving this validation. Like, yeah, these, these shoes are too big for me to fill. I need somebody to come by and reaffirm me. I need some references on my resume. Here's another way to say it. Our reputation needs some reviews. You ever read a new book and you then, and if you're anything like me, I read the back first and I read all the little blurbs, all the little paragraphs that other people have to say. And it's like, man, if I wrote a book, who would I want as a, as a reference on the back of my book? That's what Jesus does for us. He's a reference for the back of our book. Listen, Paul is saying your sainthood, it needs sourced. Where's your sources? Where's your bibliography, bro? Like you can say all this thing, like you can write the paper of your life, but I I need to know that you've got a solid bibliography and that you just didn't plagiarize this whole thing. Your resume this morning needs references. Your background, it needs belief. And look at what it says in verse 12. This is a great point. Giving thanks to the Father. Read the next phrase with me out loud wherever you are on your couch this morning. Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light? Church, that's encouraging me this morning. Excuse me on point number three because it's really personal. If you watched at all any parts of the, of the live Q&A this past Wednesday, I, one of the questions that was submitted was, what's been the biggest struggle in church planning? And for me, the word that came to mind was validation. I, I needed validation. I needed somebody's stamp of approval. And that's not necessarily a right craving. You understand? I, I was being vulnerable and honest. I'm not saying that we all need to run around seeking validation. We should be secure and who Christ has called us to be, which is the whole point. So what I was saying was, I needed validation. I was seeking somebody's approval. I was seeking for somebody to stamp, stamp my life and say, that's Jim. He's qualified. Listen to him. Follow him. He's going in the right direction. And we explained on Wednesday how it just didn't happen that way. We weren't from a church planning organization. We weren't from any certain denomination. We weren't a branch of any other church. We didn't have any pastors backing us. And, and so many of us, if you're like me, we're just kind of living our Christian life, looking around in the grandstand, seeking for somebody who, who can endorse us, seeking for somebody's favor, seeking for somebody's validation, seeking for a, a reference on our Christian resume. For our new walk in Christ is saying this morning, I'm revealing to you, the revealer, I'm revealing to you that I am the one who qualifies you to walk this new walk, to put on these new shoes and to feel confident in these new shoes and say, these shoes aren't too big for me to fill because Christ qualified me, qualified me as a saint this morning. I'm pulling up at the table. I'm pulling up at the table as a saint, as an heir. It says, listen, in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance. I don't know, I think about a big meal when I see the word inheritance. I think about a big, like, long table and all these, like, formal people, all of these dignitaries sitting at the table, and there's one chair. 
There's one chair at that table and it's empty and it's got my name there. And Christ is saying, I've qualified you to roll up on that table and pull up a seat and eat that meal, partake in that inheritance with everybody else. Your resume has one reference and it's all you need. It's Jesus Christ. He has made you a saint. He has made you an heir. And listen to this. Saints in light, he's qualified us to share in the inheritance of saints in light. I felt unqualified in a lot of areas of my life. Becoming a man, being a husband, starting a church, starting a family. I'm not ordained yet. No seminary. Lack confidence. Looking around for support. And if you're feeling insignificant this morning, if you're feeling unworthy this morning, just, just the fact that you breathed out those two words, insignificant and un- unworthy, you just got chosen. Because those are literally the two, those are literally the two qualities that Christ looks for when he puts his stamp, when he writes that reference for your resume, he's looking for a man. Can, can I endorse this guy? Do they feel insignificant? Do they feel unworthy? Because just like Will said last week, we are essential. We are essential. That should empower us this morning that you're not only essential this morning, you're qualified. You're qualified as a saint and an heir. You can pull up to that seat at that table and feel confident that you belong there, that this new rhythm, these new shoes, they belong to you. These aren't Kanye West shoes. These are your shoes. They're your shoes. And it's not Jesus, it's Jesus. I don't even know where that came from. Number four, the last point is your closet needs cleaned. Christ is revealing some new rhythms. He's, he's, he's given us a new pair of shoes. He's saying, walk in a manner worthy of me. And you say, man, that's a tall task. How do I live up to that, Jesus? And he's saying, don't worry. I've already revealed it to you. Walk in my footsteps. Listen, your love needs a little bit of learning. Hey, listen, your performance, it needs my power. Hey, listen, your resume, it needs my reference. And then number four, hey, your closet needs cleaned. And the great news this morning, if you're listening, is that it already has been. It's already been cleaned. Look at verses 12 and 13, 13 and 14 with me this morning. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Listen, another way to say this is your past needs purge. And how is Christ revealing himself to us in this point? Christ is revealed as our rescuer and the redeemer of of our souls. Man, if you read this verse and and you start off in verse 13, it paints a bleak picture. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, from the domain of darkness. Just close your eyes wherever you are. Close your eyes and just picture for a moment that you're enslaved in that domain of darkness. That's where we were. As black as night, that's Satan's kingdom. That's Satan's territory. That's the darkness. Our souls, guess what? They're dark. Did you know that man in his most basic form is not good? People try to tell us, well, man, I've, I, I, I'm a positive person. I look at the glass half full. I think man, 
I think people are, are naturally good. The Bible flies directly in the face of that and says, no, man is not naturally good. Man is naturally evil. That's why we need a savior. And darkness is always separated. Whenever you see darkness in the Bible, God always separates the darkness from the light. Like water and oil. Think about Genesis chapter 1. I'll go there briefly. Again, it's not on the screen because I want to keep it basic for you this morning. I'll read it for you. But I want to read to you some of the very first words of Scripture and explain to you the ultimate, the ultimate separation that God shows about this domain of darkness. Verse 3 and 4, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. The very first thing God created was light. Did you know that? But look at verse 4. Or listen to verse 4. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. The reason why we need saving is because before Christ, we were in darkness, and darkness is always separated from light. Genesis 1, 3, and 4 is the reference for that. He bought us back from the slave market of darkness. Jesus came to earth, and I wonder if you can answer for me this question, what was it that signified his presence among men? A light. It was a star that shone against the darkness of the sky. It was a light this morning. Jesus coming as the savior of the world was shown to us by a shining bright star. Listen, this domain of darkness, let me just tell you a little bit about it this morning. Our world is dark. Our souls are dark. What does darkness do? It lulls people to sleep. It's skilled at concealment. It afflicts and depresses men. It fascinates us. And for some, it emboldens them. Darkness is the natural state of this world until God created light. It wasn't that the world was formed and it was light and it was wonderful and it was good and God said, mm, I need to add a little darkness to separate. No, the world was dark and he created light. He's creating with believers. He's creating with those that call themselves his followers. He's creating us to be a beacon of light this morning. I want you to understand what happened when he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us in the kingdom of his beloved son. See, darkness is only a domain, but light is always a kingdom. I want you to take solace in that fact this morning. Darkness, yes, it's a strong domain. It's where Satan resides, but what's bigger than a domain? A kingdom, and Christ, who is enshrined in the light this morning, it's always a kingdom. It's always bigger. It always trumps the darkness. And so I want to say this. The question is not whether light or darkness is more powerful. There is no epic battle between light and darkness. Light always trumps the darkness. You are that light. This is a new rhythm for you to walk in. This is a new, these are new shoes that we're filling this morning. And what what Christ is revealing to us is that your closet, it's been cleaned. He's gone into the dark corners of your closet. He's gone into the dark alleyways of your past, and he's cleaned it all up. 
Like the song that we sang, Highland Song of Ascent, he's gone back, he swept our past with his grace. He's gone back and he's dealt with that darkness. He's taken it from us. He's delivered us from it. He's transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son this morning. And then verse 14, which is probably the most powerful verse here, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Guys, if you feel like you're still in the dark this morning, if you feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel for you, I want you to look at verse 13 and 14 and realize what Christ has done on your behalf. We were enslaved in in, in the market of darkness, in the domain of darkness. And Jesus being born, signified by the light shining from that star. He took our sin and he took that darkness. He took our shame and he died for it on the cross. And what happened at the crucifixion story? Do you think it's an accident that the Bible says everything went dark for a period of time? That when Christ died, everything went dark, completely dark. That's because he was taking on, he was fighting the darkness for you. He was delivering you from that domain of darkness. And when he comes to live inside of you, and that's only through an act of faith, whereby you trust in his complete sacrifice, you you take the gift. He's bought you back from the slave market of darkness. He's paid your price. And when we accept that by faith and we become his sons and he gives us these new shoes and these new rhythms to walk in, man, there's nothing that can hold you back. That should embolden you this morning. That should give you hope this morning. And wherever you are, if you've never accepted the light of Christ, if you've never allowed him to illuminate your heart, if, he's, if you've never opened the doors of those closet to him and said, Jesus, come in. You can take all this shame. You can take all this guilt. I'm ashamed of it. It's dirty. It's full of skeletons. It's got cobwebs everywhere. But Jesus, I want your light this morning to invade my darkness. I want your cross to be the light that shines in every corner of my closet. He's saying, I'll clean it. I'll clean it all. I'll clean it this morning. I'll give you brand new light. I'll give you hope. I'll give you confidence. And that's only available to us through Jesus, the revealer, the revealer. Light is the only thing that can reveal. Darkness doesn't reveal. Light reveals. And Jesus Christ is that light this morning. Have you accepted him to illuminate your heart? In conclusion, listen, folks. My goal today was to give you a little pep in your step, to give you a little pride in your stride this morning. I don't think you've experienced the new rhythms of these, of the, of these new shoes yet. I want, I want us to reflect in our walk what we see revealed in his word this morning. And it's simply this. It's simply this. He's, he's given us a new pair of shoes. He's asking us to walk in a manner worthy. And just to sum up these four points this morning, he's saying, listen, your love, it just needs learning We need to balance our love with knowledge and wisdom. How do we do that? By getting into his word, by studying, by communing with prayer, by fellowship with the saints. He's saying your performance, it needs power. I'm I'm that source of strength. He's saying your resume, it needs references. I'm the one who validates. I'm the one who qualifies you. I validate your identity. And last but not least, he's saying your closet needs cleaned. And my son did all that. My son did all that for you. 
And so in just as a closing prayer, I want to ask this question with every head bowed and every eye closed, that this is all about the goodness of God. That none of, this, none of these five verses are possible without God making the move and initiating the saving of our souls this morning to rescue us, to qualify us, to redeem us. And so this morning, wherever you are, if you're a believer this morning, let's bask in the goodness of God. Let's make much of Jesus this morning. Let, it, let him be revealed and reflected in your life and in your walk. If you haven't received Jesus as your Savior this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to invite you to let Jesus illuminate your darkened heart. Let's not make any secrets about it. None of us are good. We've all come short of the glory of God. We all need saving. This morning, Jesus is that Savior. He's the rescuer of our souls. He's the redeemer of our souls this morning. He died on the cross. He did battle with the darkness so that he could save you from it. That is a good God this morning. Only God made the first move to initiate our salvation. And that's encouraging. When we come to him, when we come into the light, when we walk in the light and we accept Jesus by faith to illuminate our hearts, he eradicates the darkness. He delivers us from that kingdom of Satan. And he transfers us into the kingdom of light. As a son and an heir, he qualifies us. He empowers us. Guys, he, he teaches us. He, he gives us his wisdom and his understanding too. So I pray this morning, as we're learning to walk in these new shoes, as we, we put on these shoes that sometimes feel a little too big for us, walk in a manner worthy of God that's that's huge. How do we walk in a manner worthy? We only do it through Jesus. We only do it in the steps that he laid out for us, that he illuminates for us. Thank you, Jesus, for your power, for your validation, for your wisdom, and for your saving power. That's the only way that we can walk in confidence. And we praise you for your goodness this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.